John Wooden says, it's not what you do in the two hours of practice, but how you take care of yourself the next 24 hours. You have to dig in deep within yourself and believe there will be a reward. Hi everyone, this is Coach Shangri-La, Head Coach of Feisty Fox Coaching. So today is a very important topic. It's how to overcome when one is injured. And if one of your friends is injured, I I suggest that you actually share it to him or her. So because your friend would need a help right now as much as possible, besides that having you as a friend. So hopefully this one helps out all those people who are injured. And if you're not injured, it's actually also good to know. So at least you're ready to tackle that situation when it's very hard for an athlete. I was actually injured a couple times, and I'm glad I have not had any bad accidents on a bike, on a running. Um, so, but I've had a couple injuries, which I hated it, and I could still remember. So these are the two things that I've injured myself. One is actually when I was not a triathlete yet, and I was basically lifting weights. I, <laughs> I tried to lift a weight that's more than of my capability, and it was when I calf races. I lifted weights, and the next day, I actually couldn't walk. And even on um, just going downstairs, I had to hold the side uh, just to support myself because it was that bad. The second time was that I'm just being <laughs> high achiever, wherein I was training for triathlon. I was doing my master's degree while I was working full-time, so there's a lot of stress there already. But then at the same time, I was also... Uh, completing my yoga teaching certification. Yeah, as, as part of the requirements as a yoga teacher, uh, we I needed to actually complete uh, 200 hours during that time. So just imagine 200 hours plus triathlon training, which is a lot of um, a lot of load to our body. But I didn't know better then, right? So I did that, and I ended up actually having an injured knee. We're in. It was annoying that. I hated it because even just running around the block, my knee would hurt. It was hard. And it's something that I won't ever want to experience again. I told myself, never again. Since then, I started doing research. I started reading more. I started listening to other athletes who are actually experiencing it. And books books about um, athletes, known athletes who have been injured. Uh, one of the books that I've actually uh, listened or completed was Meb. Um, Meb is actually a retired Eritrean-born American long-distance runner. Uh, he is the 2004 Olympic silver medalist in the marathon and finished in fourth in 2000 Summer Olympics. He also won the 2000 New York City Marathon on November 1, 2019 and 2014 Boston Marathon on April 21, 2014, uh, becoming the first American man to win each race since 1982 and 1983. So I heard about Meb uh, at two, on 2014. I got, I got his book, uh, Running to Overcome. I really like this book and actually completed it a couple times and shared it to athletes who are injured. I think uh, this book is great because uh, in that book, he shared his, besides that he shared his, his life, he also shared the time when he was injured, wherein he had to back off from his running training and instead he had to focus more on healing from his injury. Um, 
and he was actually very successful because after doing that, he won the race. Uh, even even John Wooden uh, said that. So John Wooden, John Wooden was an American basketball player and head coach of UCLA. Um, he won the NCAA national championship in a 12-year period as a head coach at UCLA, including record seven in a row. Uh, John Wooden said that it's not what you do in the two hours of practice, but how you take care of yourself in the next 24 hours. You have to dig in deep within yourself and believe that there will be a reward. Often, uh, a lot of triathletes actually focus more on the physical aspect of training and tend to forget that recovery, or in Feisty Facts coaching terminology, I call it body maintenance. Body maintenance includes more of being proactive and doing injury prevention exercises, mobility, stability, strength, and flexibility exercises. So. A lot of athletes don't even do that and don't even try to rest enough or sleep enough and do recovery routines. So what that happens is that the athlete tends to carry a lot more stress and load and it's just the risk of injury is much, much higher. So now you're asking me, let's say uh, an athlete actually asked me like, Coach Shangri-La, I am injured and I'm sorry I have been um I have not been contacting you is because I cannot even do an exercise and it's really sad. So I totally understand about that and it makes me sad uh, when an athlete is injured and that's one of the reasons um, injury-free is one of the highest priorities or values that uh, Feisty Fox Coaching actually takes a look at. I don't want any of my athletes be injured because once you're injured, guess what? It affects big time uh, the mindset of the athlete. The lack, there's going to be a lack of consistency in training. And it's just not a happy place for the athlete. So even before the athlete actually gets injured, I had to catch the athlete, really listen to all the symptoms, not just physical, not just physical, because at times it could be mental or emotional that we need to actually catch the athlete because before it gets worse. So now... What can we do when and if you're already injured? Okay, um, so overcoming the emotional and physical challenges of a moderate or major injury requires the ability to deal effectively with the mental side of re rehab. The mental side of the rehab is very challenging. It just sucks because, you know, like you, you feel healthy, you want to do something, but it sucks because you can't do anything. And like I said, I, I, it reminds me of when I was injured as an athlete, and I hated it. Well, let me tell you something. When you're injured, your goal has to change. Your expectation has to be adjusted. This is because you need to take care of yourself overall, not just physically. When you're injured, you need to take care of yourself, especially, especially mentally. Uh, the goal for the, any athlete is to be master of injury rather than letting the injury master the athlete. I want you to bring your champion's mindset to the training room and make rehab your new sport until you get your game back. Did you hear that? <laughs> a lot of athletes, it's really hard to do that, especially because you have already signed up for a race. Your friends and family know about that. You don't want to be seen like, I told you so, this is not for you. So now you still try, push into training and see, well, maybe... I can still do some training.
Sure, you may be able to do some training, but it really requires a lot of planning, a lot of deciding, balancing the cons and pros of what you're about to do, because anything that you do when you're already injured can actually just cause a bigger injury, which you wouldn't like. Okay, so when you're injured, I encourage you to understand the five stage of loss. Okay, this is something that you know, it's very basic for other people, but it's actually helpful for you to understand. So the first stage of the loss is in shock or denial. Like, I can't believe this is happening. You know, that's one of the things that, um, that one is thinking, I can't believe this is happening. I have, an, I have a race coming up. Or like, for example, like I remember myself when I had a symptom of my Achilles being tight in what I did. Oh, shit. I have a five Ironman and five consecutives coming up. My coach wanted me to, to run 11 miles and I can't even run. Like I was at mile five and my Achilles was bothering me already. And it was not an injury yet. So that was like a shock or denial, right? Uh, it, but it could be injured. So, so when you feel something like that, that is a symptom and you need to do something about it, okay? Uh, the second stage is anger. Why now? Or this isn't fair. Why would it be fair, right? So, for example, like you're training so hard, you're putting a lot of time and suddenly, let's say you trip and you sprained your ankle and you have a marathon coming up around the corner. What are you going to do? You paid your coach, you invested a lot of time, and then now you're not going to be able to see there's a result. It's very disappointing, isn't it? So, so that's the second stage is anger. Next thing is the third stage. This is something that actually you need to pay attention, and sometimes you may miss it. It's called bargaining. Uh, bargaining is if only, okay, what it means by that, well, if only, maybe, I could still do something like, let's say, you know, let's say you're injured on your knee and you can't run. Well, maybe I will just do this instead. Okay. It's okay to do that only if you know exactly what you're doing. Because my suggestion, if you're already injured, either you consult, report to your coach, to your mentor, someone who's actually experienced of how to deal with injury, or you go to a doctor, physical therapist, you go to someone who's professional, who's experienced and knowledgeable of the possible injury. Don't do it yourself. Okay. The fourth stage is depression. So rehab, it's useless. Why even bother? You know, like for example, this is the time we're in. Okay. I've been in, I've been seeing my physical therapist. It's been a year or it's been like a few months and I have a full Ironman coming up. Is it even still possible? I don't even think so. So why bother? So why bother? Why can't I just do like the usual one, you know, back, back to zero? And the next one is acceptance. Well, the acceptance is much better, okay? The acceptance is actually important. Once you accept that you're injured, then it's time for you to actually be at peace. Your mind is at peace and that's also the better time wherein you start looking for solutions. You start focusing more on what's best for you. You start loving yourself. You start being kind, okay? And you start saying no to things or activities that would actually make your injury worse. So uh, one of the things that uh, acceptance you could be thinking, this didn't happen for the best, but I will make the best of what did happen, okay?
So those are the five stages of loss. Again, it's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So what are you going to do now? Let's say you're injured. <laughs> you have a full Ironman coming up or... You know, you're, you're the type of person who actually finds energy or gets his energy from exercising and you can't, you can't exercise. And what sucks about it is that some injury actually leads to inactivity to actually just basic regular activities. Like, for example, just walking or even driving. It sucks, right? You can't even drive or you can't even push something. You can't even lift because you're injured. So it's not about just you know, tackling injury so you can get back to training, but actually just doing the regular activities. It's very depressing. So let me give you some uh, tips of actually how to overcome this one besides knowing the five stages of loss. Well, first, uh, team up for motivation and support. That's, it's the time that you actually need more people around you. Oftentimes, athletes would actually push push away, be disappointed, or say, like, I just want to be with myself. And although a lot of people need that time alone, it's okay to have time alone, think through things, but don't allow yourself to be alone all throughout during the, in uh, during the injury. It's not good for you. We need people, okay? So uh, one of the things that you could do is actually seek assistance from medical professionals, or get encouragement from family, friends, or your clubmates, teammates. Um, this is the key to talk about your feelings rather than keeping to yourself. Uh, don't be proud to talk about what's going on because besides actually rehabbing from physical setback, you need to unload that heavy feeling to someone so you could actually feel better. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, why do we even do this triathlon? We do triathlon because we want to feel good. We feel happier, right? It's it's what actually is more of like another, kind of like a cross-training in life. Instead of being stressed at work, you know, we do some exercises. So we do that because it benefits us. So, but then if you have this load in your uh, shoulder because you're injured, it's not good. And the only way to do that is actually talk to a friend, talk to your coach, and then solve this, you know, with a person, okay? The next one is... Patience is another prescription. Easy said than done, but it's very, very important. I actually had an athlete who, before I took her, I did an evaluation. She was already injured. And actually, a lot of athletes come to me even when they're injured because they know they're smart enough to come to a coach, especially when injured, because that's the time when they need a support the most. Okay, so she was injured already and she cannot run. Right. So I, I did a lot of things. Uh, not So when, when, an, when an athlete is already injured, like let's say that person cannot even run. Guess what? <laughs> well, automatically that person will not run under my training. I will not take the risk because I know it's just going to get worse. So without even coming to me, I'm telling you right now, if you're feeling something, you got to pay attention to it. Don't push through. Oh, so let, let's say, you know, I asked my athlete, like, what's the pain level? Or from 1 to 10, 10 as being like, you, you need to go to the hospital. It's really, really bad, right? So even that slightest pain, or let's say 5 out of 10, I, that person will not run because I know it's just going to get worse. So if you feel the same way, don't wait for me to tell you. Automatically stop the running. 
okay? Because it's just going to get worse. So I don't have a person run and instead I give him or her rehab exercises, okay? So during that time, I do tell my athletes, okay, we need to stop running. I understand completely of what the athlete's going to go through. Uh, that person could be impatient. And that's the time when I, where I actually talk a lot more to the person. Hey, how's it going? How are you feeling? Because it's really, it's really sad. And, you know, a lot of athletes get antsy. Oh, I'm just going to work out, right? When, when you can't do something that you love, it's uh, depressing. Or sometimes... So actually, let me give you an example of a person who was not being patient and learned the hard way. Uh, because so when, when this person actually was already able to run, I asked the person, okay, let's just do a test run. And this is, there's no expectation. There's no expectation on the speed. And I need you to actually rest. Just do only one minute. Let's try to run. And so you, the person, uh, the athlete was able to run over one minute, but then she started having hope like right away. She's not 100% yet and it's a test. So instead of actually holding back, she started running around nine minutes per mile, which is actually for her, it's a fast pace. And guess what? She just injured herself more. And we have to, we have to actually take a lot more time. The, the training or the rehab process extended Instead of us having only maybe a day or even, you know, if we, if she held back, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be extending our rehab training, but we had to do that. So, so that's something when it's like, you, okay, you want to test? It's a test. You need to be cautious and you cannot push yourself like as if you did not have injury or you just, you know, you need to be very cautious and understand, respect the injury in a way that you you do not do any training that would get uh, the injury worse, okay? Um, other things that you need to do is uh, fire up your imagination, okay? That's actually the time when, because you're not doing a lot of exercise, I suggest that you actually give more time in your mental fitness training. Yes, there's a training on mental fitness and you have to do that every single day. Not only on the race week when you see, oh my God, my race is coming up. Maybe I should start doing visualization. No, that is not the right thing to do. Every single day, once you commit to actually do the training, do visualization, especially when you're injured, okay? Um, so there's actually uh, one of the stories that I've read in, in a book, and uh, let, let me read it for you. This is a diver, not a triathlete, but I, I think it's applicable. Diver Laura Wilkinson broke three bones in her foot during final training for the 2000 U.S. Olympic trials. He, she was unable to dive for two months during her recovery. Wilkinson visualized ripping her dives each day. Not only did Wilkinson qualify for the Olympics, she won a gold medal in Sydney, even though her foot was not fully healed. So, so that's one of the things, actually. Uh, do some visualization. Spend time. Um, visualize what you want to be at the race. Because it will help you also, okay? Uh, another thing that you can do during, uh, during injury is instead of you focusing on things that what you cannot do, focus on what you can do. Okay, so for example, I have an athlete who cannot actually uh, do uh, cycling and running because of the injury of the foot, okay? So what I've done is that, okay, well, you have injury on, 
on your foot, that doesn't mean that, you know, you, you need to actually have a complete off from exercising, right? Uh, but you do, when you do this one, you need someone, a coach to actually prescribe you exercises that won't hurt you. Okay. And this is very important. Actually, it's one of the things that I do for my office when they're injured. So for example, if a person cannot even do running or cycling, so I have, I have them focus more on the swimming and then on the swimming, definitely they I'm going to ask the person to actually no kicking. It'll be easy on the legs, but more on the catch, more on the upper body, more on the rotation. Um, I know swimming so well that, that I'm actually able to adjust the workouts in a way that's not going to hurt the athlete in terms of when they're injured. So during that time, while my athlete's injured, she actually got stronger because we were focusing more on the swimming portion. Uh, I, I need to remind you that with swimming, it's not just about the kicking or the lower body position. Uh, you need to also be stronger on the upper body, your catch, your pull, which involves your shoulder, your lats, your sides, your core, your triceps, your pull, so your rotation, even your breathing technique, right? But then you got to be careful when you're doing that, when you try to actually adjust your workout, you got to make sure that you don't kick. So how are you going to do that? You can use either pull buoy, have a, actually the harder, harder exercise would be tie your legs just to make sure you don't kick uh, if you're injured on your, uh, on your feet, uh, but then it's going to be harder on your core, right? But those are different methods that you need to try, okay? Um, I also have, like, for example, I have an athlete who actually had a bike accident, and guess what? She couldn't swim for the entire month. And unfortunately, um, unfortunately, she had to wait long until she gets her physical therapist assigned or a doctor assigned to her. So all she got was me. And, you know, it's not going to stop. Or, like the training is not going to stop with me. When I, when I meant by training, remember, training is not just physical aspect. So training is not going to stop. And I know that's the part when an athlete needs me more mental side emotional side. So I had to talk to the athlete, hey, you know, this is the time when we actually need to talk more. I need you to be very open. It's okay to be vulnerable, but that's how I'm going to be able to help you. So the athlete couldn't swim, right? And guess what? She actually got stronger because we were focusing more on the cycling, right? In terms of the cycling, you need to make sure that if you ever do cycling while your shoulder is still uh, like let's say you can't you can't do any shoulder related exercises then when you're on the trainer actually I suggest that you be on the trainer because it's not going to be safe for you to be outside right because your reaction time if something happens your reaction time is much slower because your movement on the upper body is limited so I asked the, the athlete to be on a trainer still have specific workouts so if it's a, that she has power meter on her trainer then you know we focus more on very specific power wattage during the training and focusing more on the cycling her his her breathing her her uh, technique and with the, the trainer it's less movement on the shoulder right on the other hand I have to actually limit the movement uh, or the run training because when you're running, you still have to do that rotation. With the cycling, you need to have a neutral upper body position, right? When you're cycling, you don't really want to be moving a lot on the upper body. There's not a lot of rotation. But in terms of the 
uh, the running, you need to rotate your upper body, have the sway, sway in your arms. So it's not really safe to do like some running when your shoulder's hurting, right? So, so those are the things that uh, a coach would decide and then talk with the athlete, okay? So I, I was just going to tell you more. So when the athlete actually got better and recovered much more on the shoulder, like her shoulders much better, she's not fully healed yet. Okay. Like for example, like it's about like 90, 95% healed. I still did not uh, prescribe any swim workouts. Instead, what I've done is what a physical therapist would actually do is that I gave her some exercises that would strengthen the muscles of her shoulders or the muscles that's used for swimming. Okay. So for example, some rotator cuff tendon exercises, right? Uh, so to make the, to make it stable in the shoulder area. Okay. Or uh, when I also with the swimming, swimming, you know, you can swim without using your arm. <laughs> Even if you only have one arm, you, you can swim. And that's the part when, you know, you're, you're actually working on the rotation during swimming. Okay, so even though she was not even uh, making a stroke, let's say on the right shoulder, she could make a stroke using her left, left arm. So she, with my supervision, so I had her still do some swimming, practicing more on the rotation and using more of, of the arm that is not injured. Okay, so what I'm trying to say here is that when you're injured, let's not focus on the area that you cannot do. Because, I mean, automatically, you're just not going to feel good. It's not going to benefit you to be focusing on the negative, air, negative ideas, negative thoughts. Instead, I need you to focus more on the positive part of the training. The positive part is actually, hey, you know, you can still exercise your mindset, right? Or you can ask yourself, like, okay, as a triathlete, which is a good part. As a tertiary athlete, there's three sports combined to one, swim, bike, and run. Which one of the sports can you still do? Because our sport, it requires a lot of different motions. It requires a lot of different muscle groups. And you can still train. And actually, you still need to train it. You don't want to completely lost your fitness, right? But at the same time, you also need, you, you need to make sure to always check your doctor, what does the doctor said? And you need to respect that, okay? So, so with my athletes, you know, like right away, I tell them, okay, you really need to see the doctor. Are you sure? Sometimes they actually, some of my athletes would say like, oh, this is nothing. Really? Are you sure? Actually, I have an athlete who had an accident and she, you know, like something happened to her finger. So she fell off from the bike. There's more of a hit. It, it was it's a mild hit with another bike, but still, you know, so something happened with her finger. It was not a lot of blood, but, you know, I was concerned because she cannot move it and it was in pain. I said, don't you think you need to see a doctor? No, this one is okay. Well, you know what? I need you to see the doctor because I don't want us to regret it later when it gets worse and we're doing exercise. She saw the doctor the same day, which is, I'm glad she followed. And, uh, yeah, she found out that she actually had a broken uh, finger, okay? So now she had a broken finger, right? So now we need to not focus a lot about the broken finger, but instead we need to focus, okay, with a broken finger, what else can you do, okay? Sometimes a doctor would say, okay, really, no exercise, right? And as a coach, I respect that 
because they know they've done the, uh, the x-ray, they've done the test, and I need to respect that. And then when and if, when and if I think, when and if I think the athlete actually could, could do an exercise, then I ask the athlete, hey, can you check with your doctor or your physical therapist? Is it okay for you to do this at this intensity? Because sometimes the, the exercise is not okay, right? And, but at the same time, or it could be okay depending on the intensity. But again, you know, we need to make sure that the medical professional uh, is okay with that. So there's a lot of communication. And in fact, sometimes there was actually a time when I was training um, one of my athletes in Oklahoma. And, you know, uh, he had a problem with his calf. And I had to ask, like, can you ask your physical therapist? And sometimes I even ask, can I get the number of phys your physical therapist so I can better explain what I wanted to do or what I would like you to do? So you can still train, but you need to have someone to actually be with you, to guide you, to tell you specifically of how to do the training, what intensity, what are the things that you need to prevent so it won't get worse, right? Because your intention, and this is one of the values that Feisty Fox Coaching believes in, is longevity in training and racing, okay? What I meant by longevity in training and racing is that we think of at the present, like right now, with what I'm about to do, can I still do another exercise tomorrow or the next weeks, okay? So for example, let's say you're hurting and you feel that you can run, right? when you run and if you run you ask yourself when if I run can I still run tomorrow will that affect it if the answer is no don't do it or if the answer is I'm not sure check with someone don't even try okay it's not about like oh this is nothing it's just gonna go away no because the thing is that if you're already hurting during the training when you're racing, it's just going to get worse because the race is going to be harder. You're on a time, you know, there's a time on you during the, the during the race. With the training, you're not kind of like, you, you still have some control of your time, right? So if you're already hurting, make sure you are very careful, okay? Or like if you're not sure, just stop. Stop the training until you actually dig into the problem. I call it more of a problem solving, Okay, when you when you dig into the root cause of something that's hurting, what you want to what to what you want to think of is like, okay, can I still do regular activity? If you the answer is that regular activity means can you still drive? Can you still walk? Can you lift? You know, these are the things that that you need to do uh, outside exercise. If the answer is no, then you're in trouble. You gotta check with the doctor. Okay, so the other things that you can also ask is that what motion can I do? Because it's possible that let's say your shoulder is what's hurting, but but then you know the the way that you move your shoulder, you know sometimes you could do one motion and an another one is different motion. Okay, you also need to know particularly what muscle, which muscles are hurt. Okay, because the thing is that there's also difference. Let's say that your knee is hurting, right? It doesn't mean that the knee is the problem in most cases. In most cases, it's possible that the knee is the victim and actually it's the glutes that's the culprit of the pain, okay? Meaning that, so the root cause, you need to find the root cause or where 
what the source, uh, where's the source of the pain. That's the only time that you're going to be able to actually solve the problem once you understand the problem or the root cause. Because if you say, okay, I have a knee pain, so I'm going to deal and focus on the knee. You start doing stuff on your knee without knowing or understanding what's happening. And then you're missing the point of actually working on your glutes or your IT band instead. Okay, uh, definitely do not underestimate. Okay, do not underestimate when you have pain, even though you have a race. I don't care. You know what? Like, let's say I have an athlete to actually uh, have a race by the end of the month. If the person is hurting, let's say she's at her peak of training, you know, you gotta adjust. We got to adjust the expectation. We got to adjust the intensity. You, you know, um, that's why I'm telling other people, you know, training plan that you buy online, unfortunately, as much as, you know, it's, it's within your budget, sometimes you end up not using it. Why? Because life is not perfect. Sometimes something comes up and you need to adjust. And now do you have actually the experience and the knowledge of how to adjust things or are you just, you know, trying trial and error, right? So you need to make sure that you have someone who you can trust. Okay, how else, how else can we actually overcome uh, injury? Well, one of the thing is power through plateaus and setbacks. So this is part wherein you embrace the attitude that any setback is an opportunity for a comeback. Use this opportunity because, you know, unfortunately, sure, you get injured, right? We've heard a lot about injury and, uh, I mean, I'm one of them, uh, you know, back then. I'm guilty of them. Like, okay, well, I know how to prevent injury, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> so I'm still going to do it. It ended up being injured. Well, that's actually how a person learned the hard way. You have to experience it until then. Then you get the experience. Then now you'll remember of how to actually solve things or overcome injury. Okay. So use that opportunity. If ever you're injured, I know it sucks. But then at the same time, you tell yourself it's a learning process. And I'm glad I'm experiencing this one now because it's going to teach me a lesson. So use that as an opportunity for a comeback. Uh, stay optimistic during any downturns or plateaus in the recovery process. You know, uh, recovery does not happen overnight or even occur in a straight line. So, for example, like let's say it's crazy. I have another athlete who was uh, who came to me and already was injured. And, you know, so we were dealing with his his knee. And then, you know, suddenly, like, I, we were so happy that she was actually able to run. So there's no knee pain. But then suddenly, the next thing that happened is that she got injured with, um, well, not injured, really. She started feeling pain on her lower back. So, you know, it's not a straight line. And that's why patience is another prescription. So, you know, when I actually accept a person who's injured, I have to prepare the athlete that it requires a lot of patient. Okay. Because you're like getting antsy to actually get back to training, but then here I am giving you some of the rehab exercises, and it's it it could take a while, right? Okay, because it also depends on how the body progresses. Um, so it's it's not going to happen overnight, and uh, anticipate that there's rollers uh, roller coasters, and remember that these are all parts of the healing process. Basically, keep on keeping on. So how can you be a champion responding in a challenging situation? And what my suggestion is actually make rehab 
or recovery or the healing process as your new sport until you get back to the game. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that you should approach the recovery process like any athlete, athletic challenge, take it on head on without giving way to fear and doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a surprising for other athletes. What? Recovery is a sport? Yes, recovery is a sport because it's a part wherein there's fear, there's doubt, and you have to still keep on keeping on. It's kind of like training, even though it's hard, you still have to keep on keeping on, right? And actually, recovery or healing process is actually, I think it's much harder because it's like you never know what's going to happen. It's like, you know, you do your best and you, you know you're stronger, but then there are just things that you cannot do uh, in your activity. So specifically, uh, what I want you is to bring your best effort and attitude uh, in rehab instead of in the playing field. You want to adhere to the recovery plans uh, that your coach or a mentor or someone who's actually uh, know about your injury, like your doctor, your physical therapist. Uh, my suggestion is it's the time maybe, you know, it's for you to read books of how to not get injured again, to learn more about the sport. Um, and then so learn more about the sport so next time it's not going to happen again. It's a time when you can actually talk with your family, your friends, your coaches, your teammates, and to get the support and then allow yourself to be vulnerable. Um, that's also the time when you can get some more rest and sleep and facilitate, you know, healing process. Visualize yourself getting back there. Don't waste it. Okay, don't allow yourself to be in that negative, in that negativity that, oh, this one's taking a long time. And instead, mentally practice running through those same drills that you're doing, you know, in your head. Because your head, you can trick it. <laughs> you can trick it like you just imagine, visualize things that you're actually doing things. And then when you're back at it, it seems like your brain's going to say, oh, I know about this. I remember how to swim again, right? So it may not be like 100% perfect as what you would do physical training, but your mind at least is trained, okay? Um, so taking all these power steps would help you overcome injury. So injury is really, really hard. And a lot of times, um, you know, like I said, it requires help. Um, let me explain you the things that I've had experienced with my athletes. So, for example, it's insane. You know, when he came to me, he said, I want to qualify for Boston Marathon. And then also, I want to do an Ironman within five months. So he wants to qualify for Boston Marathon within three months and uh, complete his first Ironman uh, within five months. Another coach didn't accept him because why? <laughs> because he has two physical challenges already. Okay, he had two bulging discs in his spine that would create sciatica on very long run. He also has torn rotator cuff tendon on his left shoulder. Well, of course, before I accept him, and I, like I said, I interview all my athletes before I accept an athlete, because when I accept my athlete, I'm committed 100% to the result. What that means is that I will do whatever it takes to get to the results. So I'm with the athlete all throughout the training. So, so it's an investment, it's a commitment, and I take it seriously. So when I accepted him, you know, what I had to do is actually dig into it. Okay, this is what he's experiencing. His bulging disc in his spine would create sciatica. And what? He wants to qualify for a Boston Marathon? 
26.2 miles within three months and actually do a full Ironman within five months. <laughs> so, you know, like, so I, before I even d uh, dive into the training, I need to actually give him rehab exercises, okay? Making sure that he's not hurt. This requires a lot of communication between the coach and the athlete. I believe that an athlete can train so hard and not be injured only, only if the athlete partners up his or her training with what I call body maintenance in uh, Feisty Fox coaching terminology. Body maintenance has more of being proactive, of doing injury prevention exercises, mobility, strength, rehab exercises, even before the injury happens. So that athlete actually qualified for Boston Marathon. <laughs> uh, I gave him recovery after the Boston Marathon, even though he has, he has an Ironman within two months after that, okay? And yeah, he was not injured at all. And he also finishes his first full Ironman and got a time of under 15 hours with both of those big goals. So that's one of those. And another person, like I, I mentioned her, uh, she, was, she had a bike accident. And during a bike accident, she couldn't swim at all for a month and didn't have physical therapist or a doctor. So uh, I shared to you what I had done with her. And then, and then when she's back and she could actually swim, she had a very good healing process. She was strong on her swim. And actually, she finished a three-mile open water swim, okay, uh, about within two months after that because she was, she was ready to get back. Like he, her mindset was, you know, there's no, there's no taking off in uh, her mindset training. She was doing it. And then once she's back, she, I focus on the technique training of the swimming to make sure that she's actually swimming the right way. And before she was at three minutes per 100 yards. And even though she had a long break from swimming, she actually finished three mile open water swim Okay, and with with her average pace was already 215 per 100 yards. So that's a comeback. That's what I'm talking about. If you do the training right, even when injured, you could have a good comeback. Okay, uh, I have another athlete. He came to me with only five weeks before LA Marathon. And he told me, coach, I really want to finish that LA Marathon. And uh, unfortunately, I had an MRI and the doctor said I cannot run because of my anterior tibialis and I cannot run. I did try. I did try and I used some strength workouts. I did the step up, uh, you know, when you lift weights and you go steps. Uh, so but my, you know, everything just gets in, got inflamed and I couldn't walk. I even walk. I couldn't do it. So. So during the interview, I, I really dig into his injuries and he even said that he had plantar fasciitis in the past and uh, in the past, but it's already healed. But what we were focusing then was actually his anterior tibialis. So when I had to accept him, I told him already, when and if I accept you, I really need you to be patient. Okay. I really need you to be patient because I'm not going to have you run and I cannot promise you when I can get you back to running. But know this, I'm giving you 100%. Okay, I'm investing my 100%. I'm committed to actually get you to running the LA Marathon within five weeks. It's a mind-boggling to actually even think that a person like him could run with five weeks left only. And it was his first marathon. 
he was injured and during the training his last like his last long run was only I think was only like 13 miles and that was three months ago because he was like going on and off of her, uh, his injury uh, let me tell you his training I did not make him run for three weeks he was not running Instead, I was focusing more on the rehab exercises. I was focusing more on what he can do cross-training-wise. I was focusing more of what he can do because it's not only just because I want him stronger, but I also want his mindset to be focusing uh, less about his injury, but it's more about what he can do. So because when the mindset is good, when the mindset is positive, when the person is feeling happy, it helps out in terms of training because uh, there's more motivation, there's more encouragement, and the person can actually focus more on execution of what he can do. If the person is already depressed, uh, feeling negative, there will be less focus on actually doing the right thing of what's assigned to the training, right? So, well, I'm very, <laughs> so that's what we did. I didn't make, made him run until three, three weeks. We did a test, but it was not. I had to catch him right away because I know that there could be disappointment. Like when the test and it, that, you know, I'm like learning that, oh shit, there's, we still need to rehab more. Okay. Cause I had him test for like after about 10 days or 15 days, he could, he could still couldn't run. But I, so we continued, we need to be patient because body needs to adjust to the training. So after three weeks he could run and he actually run, you know, one of his long run, he was, he ran 16 miles and he was so happy. But even on that 16 miles, I was, I was coaching him and I told him, my phone is open. Please message me, call me. If something happens, I need to advise you immediately. It's a 911 for me. So I was, you know, when, when, uh, when doctors or, or nurses are on call, that was a, that's the time it was my emergency. Like I was on call when I assigned him 16 miles. I made sure that he was prepared to do it. And he was so happy. He made 16 miles. And, you know, I gave him more training beside running. So uh, I basically find different training methods to get through the training of the athlete. Okay. Uh, I also have another athlete who came to me. Uh, she's, she's 17 years old. And uh, it's crazy. She was actually, she had one fastest 5K in the past. Uh, she was running like six minutes. Uh, before the injury unfortunately her previous coach only wanted her to run it was like 50 miles every week going for speed work on the track long runs tempo runs but not focusing on the recovery aspect which is the which was feisty fox coaching uh it's we call it body maintenance there's no body maintenance so when sure it's fine to actually train hard, but you gotta partner up with body maintenance. Again, what body maintenance is in Feisty Fox Coaching? It's the injury prevention exercises. Those are the mobility, the strength exercises, flexibility, stability exercises. And with Feisty Fox Coaching, it's not about assigning the athlete of just about all the stretches, all the mobility exercises. No, that's not the case. With Feisty Fox Coaching, it has to be unique. It has to be specific for the individual. I assess my athletes of where the weaknesses and the strengths of the athletes and actually give them uh, exercises to strengthen the weak area or the weakling of that athlete. So this athlete was injured over one year, almost one and a half year. And when she talked to me, she said, you know, coach, and she's 17 years old. She has not been running. She's only been running uh, like six miles 
on a daily basis at, at the 10 minute per mile. This girl used to run six minute or even sub six minute per mile. But this girl at the time when she talked to me, she can only run 10 minutes per mile and that's very slow for her. To top to that is that she was actually taking um, painkiller like Advil every time she runs. It's very sad, 17 years old, right? So she asked me like, do you think there's hope for this? So she's in a bubble, like it's hopeless. Like she's been used to actually uh, running at six, uh, six miles at 10 minutes per mile. And same thing as what I did. Uh, what, what I like about her is that she follows the training that I give her. And I told her, you know, there's not going to be running. <laughs> so, so there's not going to be running and I need you to follow. And she followed the training. She followed the training every single day she was communicating to me. Even though she was injured about one and a half years, guess how many days that I got her out from injury? 18 days. <laughs> 18 days. <laughs> you don't believe it? Um, go check out uh, feistyfoxcoaching.com. Uh, there's a tab there. It's called Athlete Results. I actually have a video of her and explaining of the process or like how what how did we do it you know what did we do how was she before the injury after that 18 days guess what because i was also doing some cross training making sure that she's a happy athlete even though she was injured she actually ended up doing a one of my triathlon simulation uh, exercises and she she had the experience of being a triathlete herself and then i took her to the hollywood sign in griffith park she was running those hills again and i couldn't be so happy uh, that actually she's out of injury i also have an athlete uh she she's i believe she's 52 years old now and she oh my god when i got her she had several injuries causing shoulder pain back pain plantar fasciitis knee pain and you know when she came to me she even said coach i stopped doing a lot of full iron man because i my lower back just hurt and I've been only doing half marathon. Uh, I don't think I can do lower, dis long, di longer distance anymore. And uh, I'm, I'm already at the time she was only 50 years old. And then she told me she, that she has chronic patellofemoral maltracking, chronic rotator cuff impingement, lower back pain, tight hip flexors, plantar fasciitis. So uh, again, her her video also is in feistyfoxcoaching.com uh, athletes result. And I also told her she had finished a lot of Ironman already, but she wants to be faster. So I told her up front, I said, like, you know, I need you to be patient. If I'm going to accept you, I need you to be patient and I need you to be coachable and follow the training as is. Um, you, you have experience in triathlon, but we need to make sure that you're ready for the exercise. So I need you to follow these exercises. And she followed it. There was not really like triathlon specific, but it's more of rehab exercises, strengthening exercises to actually get her ready. About more than a year, fast forward, now she's training for Ultraman. Now she could not even be ha more than happy. She's so happy. She's podiuming. She's podiuming. And she's like, you know, she actually finished like three 200 miles within seven weeks. And these are 200 mile bike ride that has at least 10,000 feet elevation gain up to 15,000 feet elevation gain. And it was this year. And she completed three 200 mile rides within seven weeks. Who does that? <laughs> so that's her. And um, she does a training. She, she trusts the training. And whenever she's hurt, she tells me right away. And when she's hurt, I 
come calling her and making sure that I'm on top of her workout. Okay. So I have had a lot of experience in dealing with athletes who are injured and those who are injured, I make sure that they don't get injured. <laughs> um, all my athletes, I don't want injury and I treat injury uh, as more of a 911 for me. And even I tell them like, even the slightest discomfort or even if you don't know what you're even feeling, I need to know. <laughs> so, or it's not about just, just injury, also about like symptoms of about to get sick. I tell them like, even if you feel sore throat or you're feeling under the weather, I need to know. Because those two things, injury, getting sick, it actually causes inconsistency in training and I don't want that. Why? Because it prohibits the athlete and I to achieve the result that we want. Because I also know that those two things affect the mood, the behavior, the mindset, okay, of the athlete. The athlete's sad, and I don't like that either, okay? So that's why this one is very important. And I said, you know, like, if you have any of your friends who are injured right now, please share it to them. This podcast, I'm telling you, they need it. And uh, someone who would tell them that, hey, they're not the only one. There are other athletes who are injured and there's hope. You just have to know what to do and accept it. Be vulnerable so you can actually ask help to your mentors, to a, to a coach who's experienced, to your family and friends who really care for you. Okay. And then the next thing, be open, talk to a professional right? And if you ever decide to actually continue to the training, you need to make sure to troubleshoot and find the root cause and make sure to know the specifics of the training. Because if you're already hurt and you're still pushing through, trying to train and aiming for a race, okay, without adjusting, without adjusting your expectation and your goal at present, you're just going to hurt yourself. And I don't want to see more injured athletes. I'm telling you, I'm on Facebook and I see like injured athletes. It makes me so sad. And that's why I do what I do. I'm a full-time coach because I want to help people not to feel sadness or depression or feeling that they're hopeless because there's a way. And all these things that I've just said, if you're injured, hopefully you don't get injured, but you know, this is a podcast that you're going to get back to it or just message me, contact me. And uh, there's a where you can message me through feistyfoxcoaching.com. There's a lot of resources there already. We have the YouTube there. I've put out a lot of free resources. This podcast, Feisty Fox Fire, you know, share, review, follow us because I'm just going to continue. I'm not going to stop to giving you valuable resources that would help you in training because it's important and I really care and I want you to get the results, okay? Another one wherein you can actually get in touch with me is by messaging me through Facebook, although I get really busy. So I suggest that you join Feisty Fox Coaching On Fire Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group and that's where I actually coach a lot more athletes there. I have my, my team registered dietitian, physical therapist, uh, my bike expert and my assistant coaches. Uh, to be there to make sure that you're getting some support. Okay. Well, again, it's another day. <laughs> make it a great day. Make it a great day. Focus on what makes you 
feel good of what you can do right now and less on the negativity because it's not going to benefit you. You love yourself. You deserve happiness. You do the right thing. You put the right thing in your mind right now, the positive and feeling happy. All right. I hope that helps everyone. Have a great day. Bye.